Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. used to get the casks of spumante and fruity lexia and uh, dry white dry white was a, <laughs> a favorite of the bums in uh gossip 12 dollars 12 dollars for four liters that was a bargain a oh, bargain mate you <laughs> attach it you play spin the cask on your uh hills hoist mate you attach it <laughs> on side and you all stand around and you got a skull you had to have a 10 second skull if it stopped on you yeah, yeah. Those, Great. those of our lives <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, how you doing? Hi, mate. Fantastic. Ladies and gents. Howdy, guys. How are we? Thanks Very good. Well, your know. energy seems a bit low. Me? What's going on? You're stressing. Oh, I'm a little bit flustered. Is no. Flustered? No, I'm all, good. I'm all good. You know, technology, it just sometimes... She's under pressure early. She's under pressure early. It's not going to go all the way. That's farm life for you, Lou. That's farm life. So you buy acreage, you get no, no reception. Well, actually, I can only get satellite MBN, which I'll tell you is a piece of crap. It's no good. It's what no is it? Satellite MBN. Satellite. Satellite yeah. MBN. So I've got like a complete brand new subdivision across the road from me with a billion houses in it. And yet I'm across the road, can only get satellite and they can get normal. And I don't understand. But anyway. I'm here and that's all that matters. Well, I mean, awesome. you paid for it, you haven't. And stop comparing yourself. <laughs> uh, can we just drink first, please? Yeah, people? yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's meant to be a wine podcast. Come on, man. All oh. right, so I've got a new Chardonnay for me, a Forrester Estate 2020 Chardonnay from Margaret River. I think the one I actually sent in was a 2018 by mistake, but it's the same rating. So, whatever the rating was. It's Margaret River. You spoke about Margaret River last week, TL. Yeah, yeah. Margaret River Chardonnay uh, and bound to be good. So that's me. Nice. How about you, Chris? Uh, I bought a bottle today. Uh, the vineyard is a thousand-year-old vineyard from uh, the Clare Valley in Adelaide, built on ro ancient Roman ruins. Um, I think it's the bottle for the Olympics because it's got lots of gold medals. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's got a lot of age. It was made five years ago. Uh, and it's a cap sack by Taylor's. So hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> Come on. We're here trying to teach some of our people to start enjoying wine. Come on. Don't, don't, don't the ones with the medals. Out. The ones with the medals means it won the Olympics. So you have a cap sack. And they're $6, $6 from here. 2016, yeah. 16, 16, okay. Uh, and, and that is, what is it, Western Australia? Yeah, the, uh, South Australia, Adelaide. Just Adelaide, outside Adelaide. of Adelaide. It's uh, west, east of Adelaide. Right. Back right. towards the uh, Victorian border. Um, quite a popular wine region. Okay. It's good. It's a good drop for uh, $15, $20. So it's a Winton Road. I don't know if you guys can see... Winton Road, Barassa Valley, Cab Sav, 2019. Um, I was a bit time, time poor, so I had to just quickly run and run and grab. But um, I said to the guy, sell me something quickly that you would recommend uh, right now. So uh, that was it. It was an in and out in 30 seconds. But um, 
uh, yeah, it was it was not too bad for what he said price rise uh, price point wise. Recommended three three kids like that. Sorry, I had three kids like that. You need an hour. Thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I wish I did had three that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, this is the second time she's comparing herself. I'm not stop, comparing. Stop comparing. I know it's a subject, but you, you, it, so so. But just go back a little bit. What year is it? 2019. It's a limited release. Winton Road, um, Vines of the Barossa. So, eight to twelve months. Sorry. Cab Sav. Yep, Cab Sav. A little bit young. Same as mine. It's going to be a little bit young. That's all. Yeah. Well, look, we'll see. It's um. All right, I've got uh, a wine that will smash everyone this week. It's Ernest Hill. Alexander, Alexander. Very reserve, uh, for, for our listeners, if you go over there and you just, you can use my membership and tell them, you know, you should have the same discount as my membership. Uh, the reason I believe you should really look into this very quickly is that the Hunter Valley in the last three years have had fires. So smoke, flood, all these things happened to them. And so the, 2021 was a very small uh, vintage. They did not have enough to do. So they, they're going to run out of this very quickly. This is going to go out like so fast. It's not funny. Mate, I bought, I bought three cases of it at the last conference and then everyone came back to my room. Guess how much I left with? Oh, none. <laughs> three empty cases. Well, uh, the sum of it ended up all over Chad's car, I believe. 30 bucks, 30 bucks, member's price. And I can tell you now that's going to be good. And it's not that we, we're judging, but I'm sure this bottle will beat everyone on the view. Yeah, that one. Wow. It was the fir first winery past the Potter's Brewery in Cessnock. The first one before you get to wine country, it's on the left. Yeah. A lot, and, and I discussed with them a little bit about uh, their wine because they could actually get grape from here, from there, from everywhere, mm. because they, they scored themselves very nicely on the uh, Johnny Halliday. And they said, no, we don't want to do this. We, we still want just to stay on our reputation rather than dilute it. And this is the fantastic thing about it. Mm. You know, and, and, and these days, even going to any place trying to get a bottle for $30 that is a nice Chardonnay. It's, you, don't, you don't find it that easily. Anyway, Do you remember there now? Sorry? Do you remember there now? Yeah. I think I paid 40 bucks a bottle. 42. Is it? I mean, Kurt Bradbury drunk most of it, I think. It was... Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Canillas had a go at it. He's a diabetic, so it ended up all over Chad's nice. car. Wow, mm. oh, this is good. This is good. 40 bucks, not bad. Well, so is that actually. Wow. But it's not as good as the Alexander. That's a bloody beautiful one. That was the first one we ever tried from the Hunter Valley, I think, back in the day. 2017. He says, yeah, actually, five yeah, years. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go there, but it was thanks to you, okay? That's when you took us with your team. Oh, thanks, buddy. Good on you, mate. There you go. All right. Yeah. News. A little bit this week. Oh. Apart from me being 100% right about the state of origin last week. Oh, my yeah, God. I, again, yeah. I didn't watch it. I heard on the news that uh, New South Wales. Like There's some, something fiddling out of your mouth, mate. 100% right. Points and I just said, oh, my God, Cam's going to be disappointed. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, 
I've got very, very valid reasons for everything that happened. One, if you watch the first half, I was 100% right. Queensland was the better team. Two, then they had a player sent off. Uh, you, you mere mortals who haven't played the game wouldn't understand how hard it is to play a player down in that game. And they ran out of puff towards the end. I actually had changed my pick before the start, though, since the podcast, because I realised that um, New South Wales actually had eight players from the same team in it, which I didn't uh, pick up on straight away. So they basically had Penrith playing, and when you've got that many players in the same team in a rep thing, it's very uh, unison's there, very conducive to uh, mm. complementing each other. Um, but I think. I've heard a few say it, but not enough, that it was a bit of a flash-in-the-pan thing that was brought about by uh, Queensland losing a player. And a team of champions can always rise for one day and, and have a good showing. A champion team will show it consistently. Last time they played in Perth in 2020, New South Wales won by 30, and then they went to Queensland and got flogged in the decider. So... Uh, we will see. But as I showed the boys, my bet, my money, my $20 hard-earned money actually went on New South Wales for the game. So um, I was right. right. Let's forget yeah, it. Now, let's forget. I, I lost money because I trusted my friend. <laughs> there you go. What else, what else is making? Oh, well, I could load up on the teachers again, but I'm not going to because we've done that 100 times. But they're on strike again today for crying out loud. Um, my boy's missed, he's, he's my young bloke made his first ever school sporting team of any size, shape or description. They were supposed to play today and couldn't because the teachers needed more time off work. So thank you. Thanks for that. Um, but I thought, and obviously a sensitive topic, we should talk about the, uh, the greatest country on earth, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, overturning a 50-year-old law that allowed women to have a choice on whether they had a baby or not and now making it uh, illegal in most states. It's now uh, a greater... You get more time in jail in some states in America for getting rid of a baby that was brought about because of a rape than you get for actually raping somebody. So... Isn't that just... <laughs> Aren't they the most moronic country on the planet of Earth. I'm glad they're our war allies because we've sent them in first because they're absolutely <laughs> idiot. Now, yep. Three weeks ago, 20 kids got shot in the classroom. They've done everything they can to keep the guns that killed them. A, a lady gets raped or, or life circumstances don't permit that they should be having a child and they don't get a choice in the matter now. I think it's disgusting and I think it's just another example of how the greatest country on planet is absolutely effing mental. Absolutely. It's disgusting, isn't it? For someone not to be able to make their own decisions on their own body is just ludicrous. And that's well, what the that the same way. Isn't that the right. same though with the vaccine? I uh, saw an interesting point about that. People come out and said, make it's vaccine. Criminal, though, is it? Hey? It's not criminal. Yeah, but it's being mandated a choice against your body. So there's lots of interesting aspects to it, but they just never seem, they never stop amazing me, America. God mm. bless them. Mm -hmm. How long can you get if you if you're born a baby? What's the prison? What's the sentence? It depends on the states, mate. But there's life in prison for some. There's 30 years for others. And yet there was a, a an old American rapper who just got convicted for um, uh, keeping people. Yeah, 30, 30 years. 30 years, 50. Ah, mm -hmm. Kelly got convicted of um, holding people against their will and entrapment and all this sort of stuff, like imprisoning. Um, 
human trafficking, all this sort of thing, and he got 30 years. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell just got 20, mate, for doing all the stuff for Jeffrey Epstein. But yeah. there you go. The anyway. continuity. Unbelievable. And, it's a, and I think it's a blight. Chris, don't take this the wrong way because I don't aim it at you, but I think it's a blight on religion and the, the effect that religion has on a society. Oh, I've got no question, mate. Um, I believe you. I believe you. The first results of the census came out this week and that for the first time Australia's had more people nominated as non-Christian than Christian and I think that can only help us, I think. What about the consensus, though? Just let's change topic here quickly. Mm -hmm. We were talking about it earlier on in the week at our seminar. The, the millennials have overtaken the boomers. So those born, I think those born from 82, is it? 82? Is it? Like it's 29 to, um, oh, what was it? 82 would make you 40, mate. Pardon? If you're born in 82, it would make you 40. Yeah, so it's up to the 39-year-olds, 39 to, what is it, 19 or something, I don't know. They're the millennials and then the, the boomers after that. So we've actually, me being one of them, <laughs> have overtaken that gener that that um, age point. So very yeah, Because they're all dead, they're dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's taken a long time. But, you know, thinking about it, and I was thinking back to our seminar during the week in Castle Hill there, like, it, doesn't it change everything, though, in terms of how we market, how we pitch and everything else as well? Like, if you stay doing what you've always done, you're pitching to the wrong crowd, you know? So it was just something that we took away after realising that on Tuesday as well. Okay, oh, it says here 1981 to 1996, it says, so that makes you're in it. I am in you're it. You're a millennial. I'm a millennial. Cam's raising well, majority of home. I still reckon the majority of homeowners are over that age. So in our business, I think we're still catering. I think staff, I think employment-wise, we're uh, catering to a different crowd. But I think Absolutely. actual product-wise, we're, we're still like Gen X, baby boomers and Gen X are you, you're probably your biggest two sort of markets at the moment, then millennials. But as far as size goes, I mean, population, millennials would be it. So yeah, they're the ones coming through. Absolutely. Very so, yeah, we didn't let you get a word in, mate. You got anything to say on any of that? Before we no, I'm just listening to you guys. I think it's very interesting, and but we, I don't care. I'm enjoying my wine. You're not enjoying no. your wine. Don't even pretend. I'll after sit now. He doesn't even drink the bottle. No, no, no. It's, it's a lot of the stuff we do. I don't know whether we make a difference. I mean, in, on Tuesday, you, Monday, you have people like sitting and in, in, in the middle of the road trying to block the street in the city and. They do, they're apparently doing it big today because today it, it, it's a legal uh, protest that they're allowed to do. It's not going to do anything. If anything, it's going to piss people off. It, 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 if it's people off, your cause is not going to be there. Oh, yeah, well, you're going to be noticed. No, you're going to be noticed in a negative way. You know, I people think struggling to go to work to pay $9 for a lettuce and there's these idiots sitting across the road trying to save a koala, stopping people going to work so they can pay $9 for a lettuce. But they haven't thought it out very well. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and my message is as to those guys who are really thinking that they're making an impact, really, I think you're making zero impact. All right? Zero. So if you want to do something, just, just find a way to do it in such a way it doesn't disturb the innocent. Mm. Right? You want to go and do that with the uh, politicians? Take it there. 
do in such a way that people would want to be behind you. Don't do in such a way that people are angry and sitting and saying, you know what, you can go and get lost. Mm. And I think that they've done it. They've done it wrong. Mm. You know, it's a bit like even the teachers, you know, do that when it doesn't matter. So, for example, next week, you've got a week off because all the kids are having off. Then all of you should all go down to Canberra and walk. But you won't do it next week because next week you guys are on holiday with your kids. Mm, exactly. You know, so you're disrupting the parents and thinking that the parents going to say something. to it. No, we don't care. We're going to probably be thinking you should never do that to innocent people. Yeah. Very good. For a bloke who didn't care, doesn't care, you've given it some thought, mate. <laughs> no, I don't care because I don't think it makes a difference, all those things that we talk about anyway. <laughs> we can talk about it. All right. Topic this week. Yeah. Thing is, Thomas doesn't care. Try and care about this one, mate. Yeah. Okay. Is comparison a thief of joy? So. Uh, there's a saying that's been attributed to Theodore Roosevelt, Mark Twain, and about 165 other people from what I could find, and no one knows who really said it, but is that comparison is the thief of joy. So uh, interesting statement, opens up a lot of doors. Let's uh, walk through some of them and see where we end up. Hmm. Well, why don't you start, man? Uh, okay. Well, one... Uh, on face value, I mean, we, we're taught don't compare yourself to others and don't worry about what you see on social media and comparing yourself to others is going to get you nowhere. Um, you've got to worry about you and only you. So on face value, that would suggest that comparison would be the thief of joy. However, I completely disagree. Uh, comparison does not steal any joy. It's... Uh, what you tell yourself after you make that comparison, the story you tell in, in Thomas's words, the interpretation, mm -hmm. uh, the, the saying I keep coming back to is E plus R equals O. It's the re comparing yourself to something or somebody is an event or an action. What happens from that is completely on you and that determines whether it steals your joy or not. So no, comparison is not the thief of joy. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting, Ken. What, what did you think, Chris? I, I actually agree with Cam for a change. Yeah. Um, but comparison's the act in which we undertake, but I think it's envy and ego that are the thieves of joy. Um, I think those two feelings that we we have often, are they're the two things that will steal our joy. Um, and then we can go dissect those later on. But I think just the comparison is an act. Um, and there's... Uh, benefits out of comparing yourself um there's no question um but it doesn't have to be up to others it can be comparing yourself to who you were last week last year who you want to be you could compare your waistline to where it was and where it should be your health um your relationships it's comparing a lot of things um but it's the the want or the lack of the lack of satisfaction that you have the lack of happiness that you have maybe or the fact that you are happy with something um on that comparison. So there's so many avenues you can go down with that mm. sort of saying. But mm. I don't think the comparison itself is the thief of joy. I think it's the outcome at the end of the comparison, which is. I know. We, 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 we're going back into semantic stuff now. I mean, it's <laughs> if you compare, there's going to be an end product 
Right, so, so. But it's the feeling at the end, which is the thief of joy. It's, uh, not, the it's not the feeling at the end that's the thief of joy. It's what you, how you analyze the comparison. Yeah, but that, that, that provides that, the outcome. But at the at, at the end of that anal, analyzing that uh, that event, you'll have a feeling of whether you're happy with it or not happy with it. Mm. The act of comparing on its on its own is is not a. Why don't we why don't we go back and do what we've been doing for the last few weeks and let's confine confine let's define comparison. I think that's a good place to start. Then we don't end up going all sorts of directions. So did anybody find any good definitions of comparison? No, thanks for volunteering, Louise. Okay, lovely. Well, um, so comparison is the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out at the same time. So, and that, is that was, what you is that what you believe in? Is it Cambridge? No, it's not Cambridge. It's Bruno Brown. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love the definition. I thought, wow, I that is it. nice. That I is love nice. it too. Oh wow! I love it too. And and um, as you guys know um, full well that I'm a big Brene Brown follower, and um, I really get into her stuff because I can really relate. No. Yeah, really? Hold on, you're going, you're going too fast. Can you just backtrack? So, comparison is two things. What is it? So comparison is the crush of conformity from conformity, one side, yeah. from one side, and yeah. the competition from the other. Yes. Trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out at the same time. How can that possibly be the definition of comparison? We're sitting here comparing wines. That's not the crush of conformity versus the blah 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 of the other. The other side. What's the crush of conformity? Well, in, in comparing wines, Comparing. Yeah. Okay, it's it's talking in general terms. It's not like okay, comparing wines is a little thing. That, that no, no, no. But Louis, Louis, I don't think that um, he he got your definition. The, the definition you're reading right. So can you reread that again, please? So comparison is the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. That's amazing, isn't it? So, so you have two things that's fighting at the same time, right? So you're pulling on both sides when, when you're doing that comparison. Yeah. You're trying not to conform with, with the mass, but at the same time, you're trying to compete with the mass. So you're trying to fit in but stand out at the same time, and it's almost impossible, you know. Sure. But, um, like, I, I with what you guys said um you guys disagree that uh, comparison is a thief of joy. I think, I think the problem is, and it's that old saying, the grass is always greener. It, it, it's really, the grass may appear, appear greener, but at the end of the day, it's all perspective. And I think what the problem is when it comes to comparison is sometimes we compare our behind the scenes to other people's highlights. And that's obviously a dangerous place to, to, to be or, or, or start. I think we compare ourselves more when we don't know what we stand for as an individual as well. Um, when we know what we stand for, we don't have time to compare. And I think that's a big uh, driver of comparison. One of Brene's things um, is, is uh, that comparison in her research is actually not really an emotion. It, it drives and it unveils a lot of other emotions within us, such as admiration, reverence, envy, jealousy, resentment, schadenfreude, which we've talked about before. Um, it, it, it drives all these other emotions in us. So when we actually are comparing ourselves to, to others, parents, relationships, 
finances, houses, whatever, whatever it is, it actually, the comparison itself is not an emotion, but it's the emotions that it triggers within us that then creates the comparison. Yeah. The other thing too is um, in her research and some others that I've found is you've actually got upward comparison and downward comparison. And so when you're comparing yourself in an upward comparison, you're basically comparing yourself to people who you believe are or perceive to be better than you, better off than you, uh, doing better than you, wealthier, uh, smarter, etc. When you're comparing in a downward comparison, you're actually comparing yourselves to others who perhaps may be worse off, um, uh, you know, not as successful, wealthy, intelligent, etc. So whilst I don't think comparison, I think comparison can completely steal our joy in some circumstances. I think in other circumstances, if we're comparing in a downward uh, situation, it actually is a way in which we can reset our perspectives to say, actually, you know what, I have come pretty far or I have done pretty well, um, et cetera. So, yeah. Well, wouldn't, that be the, wouldn't that be the story you're telling yourself after you've done the comparison? Making, it all down making Chris and I right? No, it's not about Chris as you right. I think that Louis is making great sense, a really good stuff. Um, I have to applaud you there, Lou. Um, yes, Chris said that it was not a uh, an emotion. It, it, it is it is an, a behavior. What comes afterwards is the emotion. Um, I I truly believe that in the in the beginning, if we do it right, uh, compare to compare ourselves is is a need. Um, it's in our DNA to compare ourselves. Uh, from the moment we were we born back in the, in the caves, you know, our, our mothers already trying to tell the other mothers, hey, hey, my son's bigger, runs faster than you, he catch bigger animal. I mean, it's 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 in the DNA. But the problem is what you just really brought up. It's are we doing it downward? Are we doing it upward? And because there are people who continuously picking on people who are smaller than them and go at them to feel great. Therefore, they try to build that joy. I, I get that. So they try to get to that emotion. And then there are people who, no matter how well they do in life, they constantly compare themselves to people who are doing better and there's no chance for them to feel any joy. Mm -hmm. And in, in that respect, because they pick the wrong way of doing comparison, they they are really uh, uh, creating negative impacts. And yes, in, in that respect, Cam, you know, yeah, uh, it's the way you think. But it's not that easy. Let, let me give you an example. Fashion. Fashion tells us how we should wear certain things. Fashion tells us 30 years ago, your tie should be large. Now fashion telling us if you have a large tie, just laugh. Right, mm -hmm. you, your tie should be a skinny one. And so, what happened is that even the people who say they're not fashionable, they they somehow have to. And and, and you don't even have to go further than what car, the car industry is doing or what the the, the companies such as Apple's doing. Every four years, they change a model, mm -hmm. and it's almost you know it's almost trying to induce people to compare in a downward way. Now. Yeah. Let's use the big tie. Do we still see people wearing the big tie though? <clears throat> without a care in the world. Well, you do. You still see people wearing clothes from the 80s without a care in the world. So is the comparison the problem or the self-esteem that people have got that are doing the comparing? 
I, the comparison is 100% a necessity. If I want to look at where I'm at and where I want to get to, I find someone, and we've, we've given advice on this podcast before, so you'll find someone who's done it and copy what they do. Compare where they're at, work out how they got there, and then yeah. try and do the same. Now, if you decide to look at, and I've, I've got a bunch of examples we can go through, but if you decide to look at that in a negative way, oh, well, we've got 63,000 officers and I can never be that. That's not the comparison's fault. That's me talking crap to myself. No, that is comparison. That is the act of comparing. That, that, that is yeah, comparing. No, it is. No, but there's nothing wrong with comparing. What's com talking shit to myself afterwards? There's something wrong with that. Right, no, but but this is this is why we're talking about this. It is always about the talking stuff. When yeah, we talk no, it's not the comparison. It's the, the comparison in itself. Like, I, I think I think you're not getting it, mate. I think that the act of compare is already a a subjective analysis that you do inside. I think that that's the one that we're talking about, right? And more like, often. So it is, it is that act of comparison that we're talking about. For sure, it is not an, a, a robot comparing you and I, by the way. It's the comparison we're talking about is always an, an act that we human beings do about things that is around us compared to us. Exactly. And, and as well as what Brene Brown has said is more often than not, the social comparison that we do falls out of our own awareness. So unfortunately, half the time, we don't even know that we're doing it. And the sad I don't need Bernie Brown to know that. I mean, we all Absolutely. do that all the time, right? We do it all the time. This is why, this is why we, we, we look at the way we, we, we look when, when we want to go out and on a date we, uh, or, or we, we, we're on a dating scene. That's what we try and we, 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 uh, to compare ourselves. We, we compare ourselves with what it looks like. And, and this is why fashion is making so much money because it says this is how it should be. And then this is the body you should look at. And when you're looking at the person and right now, Top Gun, the movie is coming back, Top Gun Maverick, there's going to be a lot of guys with Ray-Bans pilots. That's, that's how it's going to be. And, and it's nature. I don't disagree with any of that, mate. That happens. And so, and so people feel when they do that, Doesn't they feel more joy if they can compare themselves in a, you know, in, in a positive way. So they, so compare. That's stealing their joy. It's that's, that's what they're saying is that comparison always leads to a feeling. It right. always leads, the conclusion is always led to a feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. The only problem is the, look, with the banks compare the, the banks compare us to their data all the time. If when people go in for a loan, though you put all the data in, the bank's comparing you compared to everyone else they've put a loan to, rating your risk set, um, factor, and will give you or not give you a loan. So yeah. it, it's, there's comparisons everywhere in the world. But what right. I think that we're talking about fashion. The majority of people want to conform to society. Let's, so they don't yeah. want to be compared. Let's, they don't let's, want to try, let's, try and, let's try and move on. But where, where, when, does, when does comparison give us joy? I think going back to what I said earlier about sometimes when you're looking at comparison in the downward way, where you're actually using it as a perspective, a, a way to set perspectives when you actually um, can recognize that you are perhaps uh, achieved something in life or you're doing better than you thought you did or you you recognize how far you've come from a certain point to now and looking back like you can you, you know you, like for example if we get a new recruit and 
you look at the everyday life that they go through and the challenges that they meet and sometimes you think you, you forget you forget what it's like to be there and you forget how hard it is sometimes and you remember the do the days when you were that new recruit and you sat there and you thought geez is this possible can I do this and but then you have a moment where you look back and you compare and you think wow I was that new recruit that time and look how far I've come so when you're comparing in that way I think it's a way in which you reset perspectives and it can be very is it is it, is it a downward uh, view or is it a perspective view an interpretation of the action to steal your own circle off your tail where does comparison fit into your triangle, mate? Action, result, interpretation. No, that's not comparison, man. It, comparison, it has nothing to do with it. Where does that, where does the act of comparing? No, it, it, it is when you look at, at that wheel and then you go, uh, that's not the wheel I want. I prefer Chris's wheel. That, that's uh, I, think you're, I think you're throwing off, mate. Going and comparing. So, I, I, think, I think we we get this. We get this and, and, and let's put this that's all right. Uh, you're, you're right, the comparison does that um, and it does bring you joy. Perfect, Cam, no problem. I'm now moving on to how, how can we get joy out of that, Cam? Tell me. Well, there's two ways. It, it, it's based on your mindset. So in Lou's example, for every new recruit that comes in and thinks I can do this, they look up to somebody in the office who's been there and done it and says, that's where I want to be. I'm going to here's where I am now, that's where that guy is or girl, that's where I want to be. Positive comparison. For every one of those recruits, there's someone that goes in there and thinks, well, how come I'm not there already and how come they don't have to do as many calls and, oh, I could never do that and, shit, I'm, I'm never going to make, you know, a $300,000 quarter. Negative comparison. No, I, I, I think that you're talking about too, too, too many things at the same time. I'm talking about, all right, let's have a look at your interpretation of comparison brings joy. So I just ask you to give me three. I didn't say it brings joy. I said it can, I said, depending on his, it, your it interpretation, I never said comparison brings joy. Comparison can bring joy if you use it the right way. Okay, so let's let's okay. have a look at how how do we use it in the right way to bring joy? Because I think this this will be helpful, right? So people can take that and go, all right, I, I can apply that and, and create joy. If, in if you life. compare yourself to something, that's legitimate. So let's cross a few things off the list. So chick that's on Instagram that you want to look like that's used 15 filters to get there, probably not a legitimate thing to aspire to. But if you if we're talking about real comparison and legitimate comparison, if you someone's doing better than you in life and you look at that the right way and say, shit, I wouldn't mind being there one day. Now, let's work backwards from there. How did they get there and what can I do in my life to implement that? That's using comparison for joy. Okay. All right. That's yeah, the interpretation what... of what you've just seen. But too many people go, what? not enough people, a lot of people go, I could never have that. But even worse, a lot of people resent that person for having that life, right? Because that's the easy option. Oh, all people who are richer are... Uh, but geez, it's really hard not to swear on it. I can't even explain this without. Yeah, swearing. no, you're mixing a few things here. So, but but uh, I'm still trying to find the how do we compare in such a way that brings joy to us, Chris? So, I think intelligent comparison can be your drive and the ambition to achieve what you want to achieve. But yeah, but by the same token, you've got to have the understanding. You've got to be happy with what you, your lot at the moment. 
doesn't mean you don't have to be happy now. Enjoy what you've got now. But you can use that comparison to drive yourself to achieve what you want to achieve. And like Cam was saying about you see someone looks a certain way and you envy that. Okay, you want to look like that? Work towards it. Be, be happy with who you are at the moment. There's only one you. And thank God for that because the world would be boring if, if we were all the same, right? So we're always going to we're always going to be comparing everything all the time. Be it's a choice. It's a choice to be happy at that time. So I think comparison. Also, you can use comparison to see where you were five years ago to see where you are today. Yeah, that's that's what uh, Louis brought up earlier. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think there's a comparison you can use the same with uh, a lot of sort of points in a business. Um, in a relationship, uh, in a community, in a country, um, but unfortunately, some of those you can't you you can't control, and they may be negative. But again, it's your perspective and your ability to keep that joy within yourself. You can interpret two sets of figures from a business year on year, and you might make more money one year and less money the year after. Now you can go, oh, we've made less money the whole world crap and everything's coming to an end or you can go right what did we do in 2021 that we're not doing in 2022 that's not stealing joy right the the, the point wasn't that comparison has to add joy it was that comparison steals your joy that's some if you interpret it, can, it, the it right. can steal your joy you can steal your joy we're going to talk about all this i think that for me for me uh, a, a comparison uh, first of all, it, it is required. I said it at the beginning, but it's also good as long as it drives us to improve. Mm -hmm. The minute it drives us to have to experience negative emotion, we need to stop. So, and, and it's different for each person. I mean, some, mm -hmm. some people are so sensitive that a, a tiny bit of difference that they see between themselves and the rest of the world just can just send them depressed. They should stop that comparison. Some people can just go, uh, you know, 2,000 miles with like people criticizing them while they're comparing themselves to them. They should keep on going because if that motivates them to continue to improve, why not? So I think in that respect, uh, the comparison is uh, individually uh, based. It's each individual has got its own threshold. Absolutely. Can I just say something, Cam? Yeah. Uh, I think the thing is exactly what Thomas is saying. How do we find joy when I think the first thing is, is we need to recognize when we are comparing ourselves. That's probably the most important thing because a lot of the time, as the research says, a lot of the time we don't even realize we're doing it. It's beyond our even our own awareness a lot of the time. Um, the places that we go when we do compare ourselves, as obviously was the you know, jealousy, resentment, um, envy, etc. I think if we can be aware of those emotions and one of the things that um, in the research that I found is while resentment um, is an identifying emotion, it's you can normally recognize it within yourself um, by a familiar thought pattern that you might have. And I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we've thought and not necessarily now because we're older and wiser, but what mean or critical thing am I rehearsing saying to this person when you've been in a situation? And I think if we recognize when we are about to compare ourselves, I think that's where, or compare ourselves and others, et cetera, um, we've got to be aware of that. But I think it all, for me, in my, how I, how I understand it and interpret it is we, it boils down to our perception at some time, at most of the time and how we perceive it to be in our own eyes 
but I don't. But it is it is always comparison is what we said at the beginning, Lou. It's a subjective thing. It's yes. There is, you know, we, we are human beings. There's no such thing as a objective comparison. If if you take two bottles of wine, you can. If you yes. take two tables, you can look at the dimension and you can compare them, yes. right? But any human comparison is always going to be subjective. So we know it is it is about how we go through the process. So yes. how how do we how do we then have comparison as a thief of joy? When it's perceived, oh, I keep coming back to the same answer. It's a thief of joy when you perceive things in the wrong way, or you tell yourself stories that aren't necessarily true. You're not, helping, look, 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 you're not helping any listener with that kind of line, man. I, obviously, it's what, you're saying, what you're saying is is a universal truth, but but, but Google, so uh, you Google, you Google. Uh, okay, you I, give you, I give you, I give you, I give you one, and then finish. Then you ask the question. Let me finish, right? You Google comparisons of thief of joy, and the first fifteen things are people like Brene Brown, and they're like saying, "Don't compare yourself to people. Don't compare yourself to people. It's wrong to compare yourself to people." We've just sort of agreed that it's an innate human behaviour. You are going to compare yourself to people, right? So there's a difference between someone who compares himself to a person and gets excited, and someone who compares himself to someone and gets depressed, right? We can look at it in the home. So let's look at areas where the perception is all wrong. Husband and wives compare all the time and a lot of the time, unfortunately, ends up in a negative way. Husband, general point of view, wife sits at home all day and does nothing, right? Looks after the kids and cooks dinner, but I bring home the bacon, so I'm more important. Wife, husband does nothing to help around the house, doesn't help me with the kids, doesn't cook dinner, doesn't do anything to help. Both very negative perceptions on comparing one you shouldn't be comparing husband and wives to each other because it's meant to be a team but the, the comparison is always there it's what we do with it yes so the first thing i think you, we're looking for is to tell people show gratitude simple the first thing to avoid the negative comparison is to show gratitude to the other but we, 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 but first first we're talking about how do we how can comparison be negative yeah how, yeah I, I get it cam cam has got that for me I'm, I'm more specific so i said at the beginning if you compare yourself to someone and it helps you to improve which i have done many times in my life i i would look at uh, tony robbins and i go what is it he's doing very well and and i go i'll, I'll, I'll try and do that and as long as it's motivating me to do it right i'm I'm fine. The, the minute that I wake up every single day and I feel like killing myself, that's the time then maybe I should stop. Uh, I, I, I looked at Bruce Lee, what he was doing in his younger days, and suddenly I, I went to Kung Fu classes and on the way to Kung Fu class and back, I still keep my kimono and I would fight with anyone in the street that laugh at me. So I mean, that, that's my way of comparing when I was 17. But I, I think that one of the ways that I noticed how comparison can really bring me down is when I compare myself to someone too far. So I, I, I give you an example in the workplace. We, 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 we have our team, they're running all right. And then suddenly we, we have a, a newcomer and he, his skill is way out there. there. There's a huge gap. It's like there's an interstellar gap between our team and, and, and that person. And, and because the gap is so big, if you are this person who, and who's got just one year in, uh, you know, uh, under your belt, 
and you're trying to just follow this guy and compare yourself that you should be high because you've been in the office for a year and you're not at his level, that is stupid because the, the gap is so large that that comparison can only lead you to feeling negative. So at that point in time, you should stop doing that. So comparing yourself to someone whose skill is way above you will always lead to depression, anxiety, anything negative. Yeah. I agree, I agree, TL, except for can that still be spun in a positive light? Can a new recruit look at someone who's five years in, 10 years in and say, I'm not there yet, but let's follow the steps to get there. Is that a way they can compare that? It is, it, it is possible. So you're talking about solution already. It is possible, Ken, for me, by cutting the, not, not by looking at where that person is, but by cutting the, the gap into smaller chunk. The journey, and, right? And, and then setting yourself, right, by this time, I should be here. Mm -hmm. right? if, if I keep on comparing myself, and, and by that time, I will be here. And at some stage, I, I do catch up. So yeah. I think that by chunking down the, uh, the need to get there today, which by the way, this generation likes because they want it now. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the problem too, right? And so for me, the, the need to compare, people don't get it sometimes that uh, a Warren Buffett is, is a Warren Buffett because of the 35 years of, of what he's been doing. People go, I've just read his book. I've just read other people's book. I want to be rich as rich as him now. And that's the problem is comparison takes time. Comparison is not an instant thing. And the yeah. minute that you, you let go of that, then maybe you have a chance. So in reverse, sorry, Lou, you go, you've been trying to speak. Yeah. I was just going to say, like Simon's when we're trying to compare ourselves to others that are too far, I think the other, the other important thing is as well is We've got to decide and define what success and happiness means to us because, and across all spectrums, not just our physical, mental, financial, relationship, whatever, if we don't find and define what success and happiness means to us, then by default, we're only going to be comparing ourselves always to what we think it means to everybody else. So we've got to first know like happiness and success for some person or, or a person is going to be a lot different to somebody else. So we've got to find what we define our own success and happiness to be and set the bar there. Otherwise, we're going to be trying to reach somebody else's bar that is way above or way further or whatever, living a totally different life. I think the other thing is we also have to discover what our own strengths are. And we talked about this on Tuesday, discovering what our own strengths are as well. Because if we're always comparing it, it when we compare with others, usually what we're doing is um, we're always comparing our weaknesses to their strengths. When, and, and, we, and we do that without much awareness. We look at others and go, wow, that's fantastic and they're doing amazing. But when we're doing the comparison, we're comparing our own weaknesses to what may be their strengths. So we've also got to be aware of that as well. In the workplace, so people looking up a problem, but this is a trap I've fallen into in the past. Leaders comparing what life is like now or work is like now to what work is like when they were when they started. Mm. That's we're talking about ways we compare in a negative way and how how it becomes yeah. a downfall. When I started, I used to do X, Y, and Z, so they should have to. Or on a on a personal thing, one of the comparisons I have, one of the problems I have is putting my standards onto other people. If I can understand that. Why can't they? 
Yeah. There are negative ways of using comparison, yes? Yeah, of course. No, Teo doesn't agree. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to just uh, compute what you just said because you said two or three things at the same time. So, Alita, we, we got, we're in a new age. We just talked about the census, right? So, millennials versus boomers and, and yeah. work life is always evolving. So, when I started real estate, when I started real estate, um, I got destroyed once by my leader for going home on 148 calls at 8.28 at night because I didn't do 150 calls, got absolutely destroyed. So the tendency when I opened my office was if people weren't doing their numbers, doing 150 calls a day, was to compare what happened to me and put that on them. Not very conducive to building a team, yes? No. The other thing that I was saying, I know there's two or three things. So that's number one example. Number two example is I can do this, so why can't they? Yeah. It's a, it's a the, the recruit who doesn't understand that they can't do what a five-year veteran can do versus the five-year veteran not understanding that a new recruit can't do what they do for the same reason. The, the, the same example works in reverse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of bosses fall into that trap. Yeah, because they are they lazy, mate. They're ignorant. They're not putting time into studying. Because that then steals their joy, right? Because uh, if they did, because if they did study, they would know that, for example, employees are nothing different to children, right? Uh, uh, someone's got four four children. Let's say someone's got four boys. To make it easy, four boys. It's easy. To say, well, they're boys, so there's no girls there, they're boys. All four boys should really grow the same way. It's not true. One may be highly sensitive. The other one might have zero empathy. The other one ha had to become so tough because he sees the elder brother being bashed by the father because he's weak. So he's going, well, now I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm strong. And then he finds out it works and he becomes a bully. He bullies others, people, other people. So... They, so how can I compare my four kids? They are already different. So let's move these four children now and put four employees. How could I compare them? It's not possible. I think the, the, in the leadership position, what, what leaders should really do is to study the art of people. Your job is to find out first where each people are, what makes them tick, what, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses? And then you guide them to the end goal with their strength, not with your strength. Because if they were built like you with your strength, they're probably running a show like you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wouldn't the uh, treating them all the same and thinking they're all the same be a lack of comparison? I think you maybe do, you do need to put more time into comparing people and working out. I think the working out of each other's strengths and weaknesses and acting accordingly is is a comparison. Yes. No, this is not why comparing them to yourself. The, the the negative I was saying was comparing them to yourself is not the way to go. That, absolutely, it is. It's never the way to go. You you, I, comparing I, to each other. You don't compare it to each other. Everyone's different. This is why one of my favorite re awards in, or rewards in, in my business is anyone who does 10 or 20% more than what they did in average, on average, I reward them. 
Because that means that the guy who's right at the top, he's a he's a top gun, but he's this quarter gone 10% above what he's done average, he gets rewarded. The guy who's at the bottom, he's zero in the company, he's just arrived first quarter, but he's now second quarter, <coughs> he's done 10% better than I clap him the same. Isn't the gap the same gap? But yet many organizations, what do we do? Uh, sorry. <coughs> You're still too far from that number. So I'll reward you who've been around me for 10 years and you who have done a 20 gap, 20% gap, 30% gap, sorry, get better. It's wrong comparison. So do award, do award <laughs> ceremonies in general then breed negative comparison? I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear you. Do award ceremonies and the like then breed a negative comparison? It's all in the eye of the always a top. There's always someone at the top. I, I, yeah, it's all it's all it's all the interpretation, as you said, Cam. It's yeah. all in the interpretation of the person who's doing the comparison. Isn't that why they invented participation awards to try and stop everyone wins a prize? It stops the comparison. No, no, I think it's it's not, it's not the same. The participation award is based on the fact that you're there. The participation I don't know what it is, but they give everyone a ribbon, so no, no kid goes back to school. No, because in, in my in my style of award or reward, not everyone wins. If you only give, you gave me five percent better than your average, I'm, I'm not gonna applaud that. But gee, I, I love the David in, in that David and Goliath battle. I love that David, that small guy that goes out there and does more. So I, I come, so I, I think that that's where leaders can bring happiness and a lot of joy to their business by bringing the comparison from self to self and which goes back to what uh, Lou said at the beginning. I think what we need to do is to teach people, compare yourself to who you were a year ago. Exactly, 100%, 100%. And, and if you can bring that, I'm sorry, if you can bring that comparison back to that inward, inward, so yeah. not outward, inward, but from a year ago, five years ago, ten years, you, you develop so much joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the sad thing in, in exactly that, we compare, we should compare ourselves only to ourselves and who we were yesterday, a year ago, 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. But I think the sad thing is, is a lot of us, and especially the younger generation growing up, they've been conditioned to base their self-worth um, on how others see them, not how on how they see themselves. And that's a real bloody shame. Yeah. Well, back half of your statement made all the sense in the world. The first half where you said we should only compare ourselves to ourselves, we've all, we've just spent quite a bit of time proving or suggesting that you can't just compare yourself to yourself. We innately are always comparing ourselves to others. So yeah. it's pretty, yeah. I, I, and saw, um, I, saw, I saw a clip on... Uh, on Instagram earlier today, and it was a woman. Gary V posts a lot. He's he's prolific, but the clip was a woman stopping him in um, in the shopping centre, saying, "I'm worried about my child online. How do I protect my child online?" And Gary V's response was, well, "There's two two options. One, you can take her offline, and that way it never becomes a problem. Or you can make sure she's got the self-esteem and the confidence." to not let anything that happens online 
affect her. So we, we, we can't, and, and that might be applied during the, it's all, it's all horseshit, but my point is, my point is, I'm not saying he's right, but we're always going to compare ourselves to others regardless. So you need to have the self-confidence and the self-belief and the self-esteem to not let it affect you negatively. Yeah. Um, because to say don't compare yourself to others is just as naive as saying, well, protect your kids by making sure they're self esteem. Yeah. One of the one of the one of the things I wrote down, one of the questions I wrote down was this is all right for adults. This is okay. All the stuff we're talking about, don't do this and do this and don't do this and do this. How do we help our ten year olds? compare themselves positively or compare positively versus in the negative how do, how how is that possible mm, okay well because okay. i've got no answer Chris, Chris, you're gonna say i know you have no i was gonna say you just Einstein had a saying that they've given me the answer man <laughs> uh, Einstein Mate, had a saying that if you compare really good if you compare a, a fish's ability to climb a tree the fish will always think it's stupid so we'll say it before that we have to work on our children's strengths. Yes. And tell them it's okay to be different. But if you want to be like that, you have to work on it. Yep. And understand it's okay not to be there. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I've got two different tell groups your kid in the it's okay to be different, mate. Tell your kid it's okay to be different. It's yep. words. How do we show our kids it's okay to be different? How do we give... By living the example, strength. mate. By, by living the example, being comfortable with who you are. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> and but but words but words are words, mate. But words are more. Um, you know, kids are too busy watching what you do, they listen what you say, right? But by the same token, to have that connection with your kid, the one-on-one -on -one bond, um, that when they, you know, when you pick them up and you go, "What's wrong?" They they actually tell you. It's like a staff member. You see a staff member and they've done something really well. So you know, applaud them. ギブミクロ。パートナーのクリスタルディングイツパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナーのパートナ
and remind the kids that we're there. Show yeah. the kids that we're there. Yeah. They spend all day wanting to be in the cool group, brother. All kids. You know, you say environment cool. overpowers will. Cool. That's only to a certain point, I it think, is, mate. Because at the end of the day, sometimes wills are very strong to say, you know what, I don't like this environment. I'm yeah. changing my environment. And I think, I think like, it, the, the bad news is whether we like it or not. I think our hard wiring defaults us to comparison whether we like it or not. Comparison seems to be something that happens to us rather than a choice. The, the, the thing what we have to do is when it happens to us, we need to be aware of that and realise that when it's happening, when we're finding ourselves comparing ourselves to others and we, we trigger these emotions of jealousy, envy, adoration, admiration. How can you expect a 10-year-old to do that, Luke? What you just said, we spent the first thing I was saying. How can a 10-year-old do that? Cam, it's baby steps. And, and like, I love how these... I love your questions, but sometimes they're so like this. Well, okay, no, no, Lou, it's all right. While you're thinking about your answer, Lou, let, let me answer him so that he's all right. When, when, when a child comes home and says, Dad, this is what I've done, and a father says, You should have done that, mm. that simple act forces a child to compare. Yeah. I compare my action to Dad. Yeah. When a father goes and plays, learn to box and goes, you come with me in box. The father is forcing the kid to compare. Mm. So in many little acts that we do every single day, mom and dad, we are forcing our kids to compare either to us, to what we think they should be. And so let's forget about them comparing with somebody else. Comparing, comparison can be about concept that we have created they should be. When we tell our kids, you should be like this, we're telling them this is an, an, an idea and you should be here. And what is worse is that a lot of comparison uh, to me, totally unreasonable, all right? I'm a failure. I don't want my son to fail. So now when I talk to my son, I talk to my son and say, you should study more, you should do this more and you should really fall. Unbeknownst to him, I'm only doing, forcing him to compare to that standard I have in my head because I love him. I don't want him to fail. So I'm doing it out of love. The intention's right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm forcing him now to compare his acts and actions to a level that I know is going to keep him away from poverty, the poor kid is forced to live a life of comparison. It's a thief of joy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think this is why I, I love what you guys said earlier where if we sit down and we look at the strength of the kid and we see the kid, he's got a, a golden tongue. When he opened his mouth, he can just outsmart anyone with two or three lines. And we go, you, you got something nobody else got. Let, let, let's see how we can hone that strength. Let's see how we can really get the best out of you. But if we still thinking, no, 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 mate. The power of the punch is the best. My son, no, no, my son's going to ever go into a debating thing and learn to speak and kill others with words from, from uh, uh, bad to, to kindness, right? So because we do this, we're stopping their strength and we're forcing them. And it could be their weakness. The, the, the kid could be just a thin kid that's going to, 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 to be a, 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 a tall kid that's going to be just a great debater or speaker. But we're forcing him to fit our need, what he needs to compare against. Impossible to meet, 
-hmm. very, very unhappy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just recently, I, just recently, I had a an instance instance when I had a potential recruit that did something that wasn't up to my expectation, wasn't how I would thought, and I compared that to what I would have done, not what she uh, should have done, right? And at that instant, I caught myself and I'm judging her by my set of rules, mm. which who's to say my set of rules are correct? Mm -hmm. my, my set of rules may well and truly be wrong. I know some of them have been, or I've been mistaken. But mm. so I, I stopped that comparison very, very quickly. Mm. And because I could have completely destroyed someone's future by the wrong comparison. Mm. Yeah. For the wrong yeah. judge. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think we can do it with our kids too often. Mm. Um, I think, Thomas, what you said is the ability just to listen to them mm. and just to talk them through that sort of how let them work their own path out. But we've got to guide them as well. Um, we're only there. You know, I just still don't know how that stops. Like I mentioned Instagram before as an intangible, as an unrealistic comparison, right? So the mm. point I'm trying to get is, the girl, we all know since Facebook started in 2011 that the rate of suicide went up dramatically and most dramatically in girls aged 11 to 15. Yeah. Right? So how does the girl who is constantly seeing skinny by other people's definition, beautiful people on Instagram who looks in the mirror and sees someone who is not that right everything we've said a bit everything we've said just there doesn't counteract what they're getting force fed every day of the week every minute of the day right and unfortunately the cool kids at school which i mentioned before latch onto that sort of stuff and that is why kids are killing themselves right um yeah and that and that's that's yeah in that in like Obviously, in that instance, comparison is the thief of joy. It's the thief of more than joy. It can be the thief of kids' and, and whole, you, whole upbringing, you, right? So how how do we, where can we, how do we make kids that aware, right? Because you can go, you're beautiful, darling. You're beautiful. Don't listen to what they say. You're beautiful. Unfortunately, yeah. you're one voice or two voices in a voice of a thousand that are saying the exact opposite. That's I'm trying to get to the real. I wish there was a really, really, really simple straightforward answer to it cam but i i think it's so hard really? it's so hardwired in our dna dna when i was doing the research on this topic this week they There's actually a lot, of research. About a study about lot. and they, 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 talk about, time. they talk about this study that they did with a couple of um apes or monkeys or whatever they were and it was about 1960 something and what they did was they were teaching them how to do a certain um uh, thing and they would get rewarded so it was you know touch your head or stand on your toe whatever whatever and you get rewarded so one of them got rewarded with a nice beautiful cucumber and it was fantastic and it was uh, amazing until it seen the other monkey who didn't do what he did get given a grape but that monkey knew that what that grape tasted like was far better than the cucumber so the monkey went berserk and compared in that moment and so it's that hardwired in our dna that I don't think it's that easy just to just teach our children. I think people are going to compare and people will always compare even unawares. 
you know, they're going. How are they going to compare? We've that's well established. We're going the to question compare. Was how, do we, how do we teach a teenager who's comparing themselves to a size eight Instagram model who, in real life, is probably not because she's got twenty filters on. She's probably size twelve. But yeah. I think that I think the only answer is 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 to make our kids realize that the only person they should compare themselves to is who they were and who they are yesterday. And and it's hard for a ten year old to understand that. My God, I've only just learned that stuff. I was only going to say another word. You can say shit. You can say shit. I've only just learned that stuff now in my thirties. You know, and what I'm saying, but the, the suicide know. rate of kids went. 11 to 15. Yeah, I, I don't think the answer to your question is not... Uh, so, uh, there is an answer. I'm not asking for an answer, but let's discuss it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, is there's nothing that we can say at that point in time when someone's mm. getting bullied in that in that time frame. All, all of the effort that you put in prior to that is what's going to help them get through that. The, the self-esteem, yes. the self-esteem coming up to that point is what's going to help them. So... The, the example all the way through their life from those informative years through the hard times and so forth, allowing them to be able to have the resilience and not have the self-judging and the self-loathing and understand it's okay to be plumped. It's okay to, be, uh, to eat the wrong things occasionally. All that stuff leading up to that point is the work that you would have had to put in. There's no answer at that point. The other so thing that comparison at that point is someone who's got a strong self-esteem, who's who's self-confident, yeah. and who would have peers. You would hope would have peers that would be very similar. So the her association, his association, would be similar. Yeah. But there is always going to be those who are outside that model, unfortunately, exactly. and those are the ones that are going to be victimised, like we spoke about, by bullies, by those who may need security that they're not getting, but. You know, if the tides were turned, they may take their own lives because they are lacking the self-esteem yep. and, and so forth. But exactly. it's all the work that we're going to put in prior to that point at that question. Yep. Exactly, Chris. And, and knowing what we stand for, when we know what we stand for, we don't default to, you know, look at what other people stand for. We, we have no room to compare when we know what we stand for. The other thing is, is helping people and, and our kids especially define their own definition of success and happiness because... Too often people, and we've all been guilty of it, we define success and happiness by how we see other people living and, and their way of life. And I'll be happy when I get that or have that or compare and can are on that level. It's so wrong. I think the other thing is we've also got to be, always be the student, you know, and teach our children to always be the student and always be learning, not comparing, but learning um, and do things. You don't have to do, a million amazing things but if you did a few small things really well you know like i think that's we've got to celebrate the little successes because it's all just too bloody hard you know like if you had to be everything you know what? i think we've got to celebrate the failures as well Absolutely. Learn, teach our kids that it's okay to screw up it's good, yeah. it's good. <laughs> seriously for crying out loud we're talking about success and this you can tell the kids it's okay to trip it's okay to fall. It's okay to cry. It's okay to bleed. Yep. Crying out loud. We're all worried about doing things bloody perfect. Screw the world. Do it your way. Chris, we Chris, celebrate. Chris. Chris, we celebrate you, mate. Chris, <laughs> Chris, beautiful stuff. But remember, as a father, we must do it first. 
And that's <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm failing. I'm failing, but I'm getting I'm getting better. I'm getting better. No, it's all about no. My, my wine may no, not no. be. <laughs> The point no, this, he just made wasn't that you are or you aren't. It's that if we do, we've got to be okay with it and celebrate it and not bash ourselves, mate. It was the point yeah. I, I was making a joke about celebrating your stuff-ups because that's what I'm an arsehole, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't fair. But the point is, as parents and as, as leaders and as uh, humans, we've got to be okay with stuffing up, but visibly okay with it. Yes. Otherwise, no one can follow us. How are our teams meant to be okay with stuffing up a listing or stuffing up a sale if every time we do it, we hit the roof and carry on? Right? Exactly, Ken. You know, Lou, you said earlier on... Oh, sorry, Ken, we finished? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Lou, anymore. you said earlier on, you brought up a word, which I actually <laughs> had written down, that when, 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 you have, when you have purpose, um, yeah. cap comparison isn't as strong when you have purpose. Exactly. But I think it's when you have purpose is you're okay with failure. It's yep. you're okay because there's a bigger picture that you're driving towards. And I think the two words that I come up with in the research that I did was, you know, having the research. Lots of research going on in this podcast. Lots of I did all of about five minutes. So <laughs> they're good, they're good, good, man. They're good. So um, have purpose and, and your values. Your own personal values are going to guide your judging, right? Guide your comparisons. If you, you believe that good, Chris? healthy values, sorry, Kim. You believe that, mate? I do. I think if you've got good, healthy values and strong purpose, I think your comparison won't be as strong. You won't be comparing yourself. Or if you do, you'll understand, okay, I want the Maserati. But you know what? I need to work towards it. So what are the chunks that I need to do to get there? But so I'm I've got a good ask. purpose and I've got good values. I'm not, I, you know, it's quite easy for someone to go and do the superficial thing go get a bank loan, buy what they want, and then just have that yes. look good. But has that, has that stopped you, and I'm asking you personally now, has that stopped you in the past comparing and getting down about it? Yeah, absolutely. No, it hasn't. I, I, I absolutely have compared. Right. But I usually compare myself to myself, not to the majority of the others, of where I would like to be or where I should know I should be. But that doesn't, but you don't. I, I compare myself. This is the funny thing. I'll be honest, honestly speaking, I often compare myself not to others, but to where I believe I should be. Yeah. And that's the comparison that I have a hard time with because I know what I'm capable of, but right? I, have, I have blocks that stop me from getting there, which I'm working through. And that's the comparison that I have. <laughs> and, and as I was saying, the comparison is all over the place, mate. I just want to make comparison's sure. It's not always with other people. Exactly. That's exactly right, Chris. I just want to make sure, the same as Thomas just said, that we're saying what we do or that we're willing to do. And that might sound harsh. And oh, sorry, Chris, but when you're comparing yourself to what you should be, that is comparing yourself against somebody else who is an invisible self. So I'm sorry, yeah. man. You're, you're lying there. You're, you're, I'm also, got, I'm also you 20 kilos kilo lighter. Hey, you got right. me until that one. Lighter. You got me until that one. Whether I'm comparing myself to Bruce Lee who's dead or I'm comparing myself to what I should be, the two are the same. They don't exist. They don't exist, right? They only exist in my head because yeah. I don't even know who Bruce Lee is. 
I only know Bruce Lee as I imagine. He is from what I've read and all that, just as much as I only know who I should be because of who I am and I'm extrapolating where I am. So when you compare yourself to who you should be, you compare yourself to others. Books, mate, books, we've just read, I mean, not just, but we, we spent a whole year almost talking about the Stoics and comparing ourselves to whether we were Stoic or not. Mm. Huh? So, oh, it's a good saying in the book, dog. man. It's a good saying. So, stole your thunder, Let us take dog. pleasure in what we have received and make no comparison. No man you have to make comparison. tortured by the greater happiness of others. We keep going back to... We keep... Oh. That's the Stoics. I mean, I've That's been told Stoics. once I make a point, I keep going back to the same point. But you people aren't helping me, right? We've agreed that <laughs> we, we compare all the time and that most of the time we're unaware we do it. And then we keep going back to you shouldn't compare. The two can't the come Stoics are saying. The Stoics are going, saying don't compare. Well, they're wrong because you're going to. But the, no, we are only discussing that there's a low comparison that leads to a deprivation of joy. Yes. Okay? yes. That's what we And I would say that a lot of that comparison, when most fathers or mothers are telling their kids what they should do or should be, it's comparison. Yes. When, when, when a leader sits down and say, well, you should really be at this level by now. Me, when I was uh, in your career, I was there. It's comparison. When you sit down by your desk and you go, man, you know, when I look at uh, my father's life, oh, I really, by the way that I, I've been growing, I should already be there. It's comparison. And most comparison will lead to that. And, and what we need to do is to stop doing that. However, we have to be very careful because comparison somehow gives us also a bit of that energy to improve. And when we come out and say, my first ever month in real estate, I got eight listings, thus everybody should be able to get eight listings in their first month. My whole, I believe it, it should happen. Are we using comparison in a positive or a negative way? It would be negative if we are doing it with some people who whose skills are so far behind us. It would be very because they will try and they go, oh, it's not for me, I leave. We if, if we're doing it with someone whose skill is almost equal to ours, that's perfect. That gives him a chance to begin to get nine. Mm. So I think it's when we fall as leaders or as parents or to when we fall prey to making to comparing people as if they're all universal all the same now that that's where our problem is now let's let's try and finish this now on, on on this what about the individual how how can someone who all their life has been comparing now they buy only shirts because there is a horse on the shirt if there's no horse they don't buy they they do their best to send their kids to private school because private school is it they, they do their best to buy a nice, uh, uh, a nice house because if you, if you uh, are successful, you should have a nice house. How, how, do they, how do they find a bit of joy anyway? Because I, I think they're improving, but how do they find a bit of joy? I, I think personally, I give you my, my answer, so I'm going to steal yours. But uh, Chris, you said at the beginning, for me, it's gratitude. Mm. 
every single day you really look at what you have and say, man, I can't believe that a young kid that I was coming over here with no English has done this. Mm. That single gratitude will set you into a different level. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly you compare yourself and the best thing to do with, when you compare yourself is compare yourself with the guy that used to be five years old because the, the, the skill that you have is so, so much bigger and so much better, right? So mm-hmm. I think that when you said gratitude, you, you, you said it in one word and then you moved on. I, I think gratitude is the biggest thing that human, human beings should do every single day. We're not grateful for the spouse we have. We're not even grateful for the kids we have. Seriously, if, if they were not in our life, how would we feel? We're not, but we, all we look at is how, how these bloody kids just leave their rooms on, with, with the light on, you know? How they drink our Push up to point, Mike. So, so I think we have all of that stuff. Mm, mm, yeah. How about you, uh, Ken? No, I think, mate, I think that's a beautiful answer. It's something I've experienced myself recently. So until I realized where I'd come from and where I am now, I, I couldn't accept that I was any of that. So I, I can't actually better that answer, mate. It's, it's, a, mm. it's a very confronting thing. And now I've never bought a shirt with a horse on it because I've always had people buy them for me because they don't think I dress well enough, Luang. So thank you for that. Um, no, that's not true. Not that I'm comparing, not that that you guys are clearly comparing me to someone who dresses better, so that's all right. But when you get shirts and that deodorant every birthday up until you're 40 or, or cologne, you know what's being compared to, right? So that's not true. I keep, I keep on telling my wife, don't buy him a shirt with a horse. <laughs> it, 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 want, it will make the horse look bad. So I, I keep on telling my wife not to do it. It's a bit <laughs> of a. I tried to go horse riding at uh, Glenworth Valley and I'm too heavy at the moment to even ride a horse. So wearing a shirt with one. And, uh, and, no, the, but horse, and the horse is still having physio. I just got a little bit water in my eye again because it's something that um, I've, I've been through. The, the, the minute I turned 40, something happened. Crystal actually sat up for me, with me for a change on my 40th birthday. And at midnight, I burst into tears. And she's like, what's wrong? And I couldn't speak. And I sat on the couch and I was sobbing like a three-year-old. And it was a realisation that the part of me was fighting with your 40. The first part of me was fighting with you've just turned 40 and you've done nothing. You've done nothing. You're a nobody. And then there was a realisation that, you know, six years ago, you couldn't get a SIM card from Optus, mate. So you might have done all right. And that just increased the... And the, the gratitude for all that, you know, we, we joke about I've bought a $7 million house with no air conditioning, but I'll sit in the back room here and go, it's eight now with inflation. And I sit here now, and now I sit here and go, how effing good is this, right? And that's something I couldn't do. I've had, I've had six months of absolutely fighting the shit out of myself, and there's this, this huge battle going on, and it's it's gratitude. It's it's telling yourself that you've earned it for one and being grateful that you got there for two and then realising that, hey, man, you're doing all right. And that's, that, I, I mean, I've never been big on comparison. I compare, I, I'm not a, uh, I've never sat there and gone, you know, I want what he's got. All right. I, my, my comparison is if there's a leaderboard, I want to be on top of it. That's my comparison that was, dangerous in the past but 
um, comparing yourself to yourself actually understand. A lot of people through false humility won't. Thomas, you mentioned it the other day. People tell you you've changed and people tell you you've grown and up until recently you wouldn't accept that, right? You just go, oh, man, you know, and then you sit down and actually thought about it because mm. uh, there's something inside us that doesn't want to accept the fact that we might actually be be getting better at life. And not great at life. We're not a lot, not, not a lot to, uh, we've still got a long way to go, but the fact that we're getting better. And if we're getting better every day, bit by bit, then that's enough to stop you worrying about the comparison, right? You compare, you compare and go, yeah, that guy's got that. I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. I'm on my way. And as long as you're on your way, you're winning. If you're getting further away from where you want to be, you got a problem. If you're going no closer to where you want to be, then you got a problem. So, um, yeah, that that's me. Sorry. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. Anyway, shouldn't compare yourself to me, mate. I'm, I'm that. Don't compare. You'll never reach anyway. I'm, I'm that. Can play tennis, have hair. I win. I look. I'm comparing <laughs> around. You know, I'm that rainbow that never stopped anything. <laughs> but it's a, it's a thing that... Yeah, rainbow. We've used the word rainbow to describe... How about you, Chris? We're going to allow, we're gonna allow uh, Louise to, to close it this week. So, so yeah, gra gratitude, to build on top of your gratitude there, yeah, absolutely. Show gratitude. It's, it's formula number one. Number two is, um, what I can say is, uh, I heard compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Just be a little bit better tomorrow than you were today and just keep that going. That's the only thing you got to do. Don't worry about everyone else because at the end of the day, that compound interest will make you better and you'll look back and you'll be comparing yourself last year to who you are today and it'll always be um, that little bit better. Mm -hmm. Work on yourself. Don't worry about the others. They show mm -hmm. gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think comparison in a nutshell, I think it's something... In I don't know whether it's right or wrong. It's just what I've read this week. But I think I, I, part of me believes I've done that some research. I've done some research. And I think part of it is very true that a lot of the time we do these comparisons without even realising. Um, but I think the important thing is, is I don't think necessarily comparison is always a bad thing. I think when we're comparing ourselves sometimes in the downward way is, is sometimes a good way to reset our own perspectives and actually pat ourselves on the back to go, yes, we've, we've come this far or we've made it from here to there like you said cam from not being able to buy a sim card to where you are today like that's just incredible um and to make that comparison there's nothing wrong with that we have to be humble and be okay with that to know and you know i think what we need to be i think it's a healthy thing in some respect as well we we have to teach our children and our staff and everybody else that matters that you know um what what you need to do is is really compare yourself to yourself, but really identify first and foremost what your own definition of success and happiness is. Because, you know, if you're always chasing the definition of somebody else's or the world's or social media's or somebody else's, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there. You know, you, you, you have to know what your own strengths are um, and, and only work on that and, and compare your strengths to someone else's strengths. Another thing, another funny thing, and I just want to quickly mention, uh, that I heard it, that I was doing in the research. <laughs> These things come to me and they come to me in moments and I, and I confuse myself and I probably confuse you guys, but I think they're important to mention. Rather than compete, we need to collaborate. 
So many times we go out. People are always going to compare themselves to each other. When you go out there, a lot of the times what creates comparison is when we try and compete. Rather than trying to compete, let's collaborate. So even if it's in our own circle, if it's in our own field, why why try and be better? Why, well, not better than, but why try and um, outdo somebody in that field? Study somebody who's done it and do it and is doing it and is doing well and collaborate with them. Don't try and compete. Because that's when the but, Lulu, the I nature of that. business, the nature of life, the nature of our business the is survival of the fittest. So I know, I know, I know, but I'm talking on an individual perspective. Right. No, always try and be the best. All right, I'm I'm going to close this week, and and my closing is uh, is this. I was kidding with the gratitude. We have to <laughs> we, we have to set. Of the bar for ourselves of what is enough. Yes. What, one, of, one of the nicest things that I, I have read lately is start by deciding how much you'd like to retire on. How much money would you like to retire on each month? Because if you can start from that point, you now travel your own journey. There is no more need to compare because you got that journey to go. And a lot of people, because they don't have it, they go on the comparison train and all that they do is more and more. And now they have this, they want more and more. And they start taking advantage of their team. They start taking advantage of people who are around them because it's not enough for them. And at the end, they just destroy everything they've built. What we need to do is to start by setting what is enough for us and then work, work it backwards. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for today, team. Okay, Talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye.